Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. Hi, this is Mark Arnold. Welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 203. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. 52 pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Blob, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail, made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to theslowpoisoner at gmail.com That's theslowpoisoner at gmail.com while supplies last. On sale now is Mark Arlo's latest book called Pac-Man, the first animated show based upon a video game. This book tells the story of Pac-Man phenomenon and goes through the entire history of the Hanna-Barbera Animation Studios. The history of the video game, pre-Pac-Man, the history of Pac-Man, the character, the video game, the spin-off, the merchandise, and the anime TV series. Each and every episode of the classic 1980 series is covered and examined. Plus, Mark Arnold covers how Pac-Man has been honored on various anniversaries, including the 40th anniversary in 2021. A fun read for casual and hardcore Pac-Man and video game fans alike, featuring many character model sheets and other images. Available online through Bear Manor Media, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Get your copy today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. Stars of Walt Disney Productions is my latest book, Out Now. I just turned in the manuscript for Not Just Happy Together, the Turtles A to Z, from AM Radio to Zappa. It's a book I've been co-writing with Charles Rosnay. I'm doing the final edits and photo selection of my Mad Book, and that will be turned in next. I'm also working on my TV Cartoons at Time Forgot book, plus articles on Nightmare, The Galloping Ghost, and Harvey Superheroes. On today's show, we have an animation historian who has compiled the animation history bibliography 
as part of cartoon research, and a book of the same name. Here he is, Oren Scott, with the returning Camden Spees. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and it's a yet another Fun Ideas podcast. We've done at least 200 episodes at this point, Ooh, and we're heading on our way to 300. Well, barely, but we'll, we'll get there someday. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have two guests. You have Camden Spees has been on too, too many times to mention in the previous Sorry. 200 episodes. <laughs> and we have a brand new guest, uh, but I know about him. I know of his work. Uh, it's Oren Scott. Is that how you pronounce it? I should have asked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you do an animation uh, checklist, as it were, of like every uh, animation book ever made ever. And you, I see you have a, a goodly selection by a certain author behind you. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about those books. <laughs> no, let's absolutely. see if you have all my animation books. Hmm. Oh, anyway. no, not yet, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> I don't once, either. <laughs> once once Camden was kind enough to let me know that you were uh, thinking of letting me uh, have the privilege of coming on, I had to quickly order some important ones to get you didn't have any eat them, them real fast <laughs> i didn't end up getting through all of them but i did end up checking out pac-man and learned quite a bit so uh but yeah i've been working on the bibli uh the animation history bibliography on wow. cartoon research for the last uh it launched let's see march of last year but i've been working on it uh since probably about march of 2020 that was the hmm. third month right before, right when the pen about a month into the COVID 19 when i realized I got to get into a big old project. I have an opportunity here. So uh, from that point, I kind of pulled a couple books off and started going to town researching. And uh, ever since then, every anything and everything, anything that has any sort of referential or importance for animation, uh, how other fields have come across animation or production or any <laughs> see that's it's been kind of challenging because that little line in the sand of where animation stops and other our other disciplines begins gets a little more challenging yeah. the deeper in the weeds you yeah. get so well you get yeah, into I, comic I, strips and film <laughs> and that's why i came to or and i'm like what if we had a comic strip bibliography and you were all for the idea mm. and then i asked tom and i asked tom of hogan's alley just yeah tom i just and he's all for it too <laughs> but he's but apparently his webmaster has died oh <laughs> yeah is that dean no oh okay i'm thinking of a different person okay never mind okay the millennia you're thinking of no 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 never mind i don't want to say somebody's dead when they're not i've done that before i did that <laughs> in that uh total television book there <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to ask you, Oren, uh, so yeah. you kind of alluded on it. It's like, so where's the line drawn? I mean, if a book's all about, say, Pogo, and the whole book is about the comic strip, and then the last chapter talks about the Chuck Jones special and the Claymation special, uh, is that considered an animation book, or is it just like, well, it's just a couple chapters in the book? Uh, for, for a while there, I was only doing books that were explicitly on animation. And then when I started coming across more and more books that had a chapter or two chapters devoted to the subject, I would throw those on what I was calling kind of a periphery bibliography, where, you know, the focus wasn't necessarily on animation completely. Uh, Ralph Bakshi has a great uh, one chapter article about black exploitation that was written in the late 80s, uh, but it's only one chapter of one book. So right. it's it's been uh, I, I try I'm trying to keep those in line as well as we move as it kind of yeah. lets the project 
dictate its boundaries to me, if you will. Okay. Uh, but it's it's also been kind of a give and take because at first I I would argue that you know the Disney theme parks, as awesome as they are, goes more into mechanical and engineering and theme park studies and not animation. And that was something I kind of left out when I first launched. Didi uh, Argas and... has his own website that you can find all those books. Mm -hmm. And which is something you told me about a couple uh, recently, actually. Uh, but the more I thought about it, without the theme parks, you wouldn't have the decisions that Disney made. And without Disney, if you subbed in, let's say, Warner Brothers or any other uh, you know, distributor of animation or known for it, would we approach it the same way? And mm -hmm. once I started changing the context and asking myself those questions, and I was like, okay, now I can't. Now I have to include those books a little bit, at least the ones that are historically important, because they are. I mean, it's it, you know, there's a point when Disney one one could argue Disney goes from being theatrical exclusively to being a theme park uh, company. I mean, right. and when that the, when that transfer happens, go ahead. I know that you told me that we were talking about something like you said there was. There's also a moral high ground too. Like for example, um, I don't know which who it is, but um who she is still alive she was chuck jones's secretary and until she got into a car accident or something and became blind she recently wrote a book and obviously that book's in the bibliography i don't know who um what her name is i actually have the book somewhere <laughs> You know I what remember I'm the one about, you're right? alluding. I, I'm, I remember. Um, I remember alluding to that one, but I don't remember it off the top of my head, unfortunately. But yeah, which is which is which is really embarrassing because she's still with us. Hmm. Um, some... Or like, because obviously that goes into like a moral high ground because obviously the whole book is about something else, but the losing and then she became this, so it almost is entirely in, in, about animation in its own way. Well, it, it, you know, Mel Blanc's uh, engineer, whose name unfortunately escapes me off the top of my head as well, wrote an yeah. awesome book talking about being an engineer for Mel Blanc. And, you know, where's that right. line? You know, I would argue that's right. absolutely someone I want to hear a perspective of, even though he never put pencil to paper and drew necessarily. So, yeah. <laughs> now I'm approaching philosophy. Like I've got a whole bunch of well, a list of like a dozen philosophy books, and it's one of those like we, these aren't necessarily history, but it's another discipline wrestling with it. And psychology is one of those things that doesn't need any mechanic, you know, need anything, so they could just write anyway. So, and I share with you Thomas and Andre's Walt Kelly book, hmm. which has it besides the chapter in the pogo special what was really context that was useful more that i directed you towards was the three chapters in the book for like the first 30 pages 30 or 40 pages was just on disney which i believe you even put in the bibliography where you were going to <laughs> my to-do list at this point's uh kind of <laughs> split across quite a few areas because because uh unfortunately as i you know i wrote a blog post a couple months ago for cartoon research and talked about all the podcasts and all the wonderful interviewees that recent podcasts have been getting on and <laughs> exactly and it's it's hard not to look at that material that's been i mean you're talking first source primary source material great interviews and none of it's in in books yet Right. Until yeah. we make people aware of it, which is why we're building the resource and right. 
Camden and I have been speaking about how to, um, <laughs> he, at first when he brought up, a, mentioned a web ring back like during the 90s, 56K days of a reference of where all the websites would link to one another. And I remember there being great resources for websites, but uh, now that the archive.org has, has gotten so much better at archiving things and it, it now is getting closer to the time to start making sure we don't lose information on older servers or 56k websites i mean it all starts to get kind of bigger and bigger the more you look at it <laughs> yeah and i understood where your high ground is because mark for reference i've been working with him on a web bibliography uh -huh. and you get into this moral high ground of i don't see the research value in a in, an, in a website built for publicity what value does Tara Strong's website do? <laughs> I've interviewed Tara Strong. She's a nice late. She's a nice woman. Yeah. She's a very friendly. Yeah. But what good does her wage do? And I was like the only two voice actors I could see any moral research value or were Walter Tetley's fan website mm -hmm. and Bob Bergen's website because of all the audio links that he has with like a CIFA event from the 1970s or interviews with Dawes Butler or June Foray or yeah. Mel Blanc or audio clips of Bill Scott and June Foray performing at a CIFA or Joe, or I think he has a few interviews with Joe Barbera on his website yeah. that he just happened to collect over the years when he was, when he was, um, when he was in his teens. Right. Yeah. I so, mean, I agree with you. Like if, if Tara Strong, I haven't really looked at her website, but if it's just about her and nothing really about any voices she's ever done or any work she's done re related to animation at all. Yeah, it's really just not. Yeah, it's really on the real outskirts of everything, unless you just want to include it because she's a voice voice actress, you know, but um, uh, do, do you get a lot of flack Warren, on on anything? I mean, yeah, I figured. Uh, why did you put that book or why did you? Put oh, that yeah. Book? You know, it's like, OK. Um, uh, my philosophy um, about that is if, if uh, it, as long as it's a good effort, I mean, as long as it's not just complete and utter baloney, uh, I think <laughs> you having... will. Uh, you have one book on there that I continually argue with you about. <laughs> What's that? I one? do. I, I, go ahead. What's that one? Hollywood's Dark Prince. Oh well, I would include it, but I'd also put a, a, a disclaimer that it's factually incorrect and many spots I, <laughs> it's, well, I, I think having the books that aren't necessarily up to par is just as important to know you need to right. read garbage to know what is garbage yeah. i'm i hate it i hated it that it's that way but yeah. but it's it but it's intentionally list. go ahead the problem yeah. is it's intentionally lying it's but that, it, that, that author ethos, is intentionally that making is value in of itself like someone doing that is valuable but in I, and of itself I have that book on my shelf. I love that book. I do too. I know it's wrong. I, I, I would not recommend it be your first Disney book to ever read. <laughs> you know, I gonna... find I have the book too because I bought it at a thrift store. Uh -huh. I found when I read it, I found every lie to be so. Well, first of all, I don't honestly believe how people can believe it. I honestly don't understand. It is almost making fun of the myth of Disney itself. It's that bad. Because 
you know what it reminds me of is and you may not have seen this are you a beatles fan at all camden i i, I forgot a little bit okay uh years ago they did this guy did this paperback called paperback writer and if you, you could probably find a copy cheap i think i don't think it's that collectible but uh the guy just like warps <laughs> the facts around and it's a very funny telling of the beatles thing it was done before the ruddles and uh you know it's hysterically funny you know so if you ever that's what i kind of thought this disney book was kind of like you know it's like but it's it almost a parody although where... he was so intense on putting his point at home that walt was 10 years older than he was and this is his birth certificate he was born in mexico or wherever it was you know and all that stuff and it's like wow you know <laughs> Yeah, and then there's the JFK thing. That's what really I was like. Yeah. What do you mean he had to, to, to have something to do with the JFK assassination? <laughs> it's those. Uh, it's the books that didn't necessarily get a proofread that really make my heart kind of crack a little bit. Like you couldn't have even just given it to just one other person, just to have one other person <laughs> take a peek. But yeah. it does. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I know you also got flack for including Wild Minds on there. Yeah, and yeah, that was a recent one that came out of it. Hit the New York Times and got a big. Oh, that one! I'm reading that one now. I think that's fun, (laughs) but I don't know how accurate it is. It's a, it's an easy read. That's the one thing I like about it. Yeah, I mean, like, like they've like other people in talking about it. It's not necessarily for people who've been keeping up with it every year. And yeah, and I didn't think I I checked it out from the library. I didn't think it was as bad as people complained. I didn't think it was very good. I'm not going to buy it, but I also (laughs) didn't think it was bad. Well, I found it cheap as a a paperback. So, but I'm reading it just because of I'm curious about it. But it's it it, it, my honest impression about halfway through it. It's like a it's of mice and magic written by somebody who didn't read it very well. (laughs) And and is a it is a like That's a good it. nodding winking tongue in cheek writer. So it makes it really fun to read. So mm-hmm. if you're not concerned about that everything's a hundred percent accurate, it's it's, it's kind of story. Fun to read. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it kind of ties everything in together in in a way that uh, of mice and magic didn't. And it almost makes Of Mice and Magic seem a little stodgy, which I'm not going to say it is, uh, because Of Mice and Magic is like probably my top animation book of all time. But anyway, mine too. <laughs> so, <laughs> mine too. My my epiphany book. Everyone else's, but everyone your age is epiphany book is epiphany book is Of Mice and Magic. Yeah, well, it came mine out right was time. Jerry Beck's book, The Hanna Barbera Treasury. Yeah. Well, I Just, was already I an old that fart book. when that one came out. So, you know, the, the Mice bought, and Magic bought... came out at the exact time. It came out when I was 13. And I was just really getting into wanting to know more about animation than just, oh, I'm watching Bugs Bunny on Saturday morning. You know, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. and there's cartoons on Saturday. You know, I wanted to know what was behind this and why are cartoons now in the 70s and 80s kind of sucking compared to what they used to be oh here's a book it talks about it all <laughs> you know and you know it was the right what, book for the right time anyway so what made Hannah the Hanover Bear treasury stick out though was i was nine i bought it at a bookstore i bought two books at that same bookstore yeah i found out later it was at a borders i always thought it was at a barnes and noble i found out later because because the, the other book was brian walker's book on comics the complete collection I found out later I was at a Borders piece. Brian Walker says, oh, you have the Borders version. 
<laughs> so I'm like, yeah, awesome. I was at a Borders. And I bought both of those two books. I pleaded. I was like on hands and knees. Like, mom, you have to buy me this book. My life depends on it. My life <laughs> I probably said those exact words. I'm like nine. And I open up this book and you know, it's like in my, it was like my epiphany book. Both of them were. Yeah. But it was like, and I'm like, what is this stuff? And I, because before I was like a collector of, you know, you've seen all my toys and stuff like that, yeah. Mark, but it's yeah. like, I was like a collector of anything that had the Flintstones on, I would buy them. Like, you know what? I'm like, you know, fuck that. I'm going to buy only this kind of stuff. <laughs> this writing, this book has given me a bit of a perspective on all the uh, authors on cartoon research. Cause for a long time, my only exposure to what they had done was either through cartoon research or other web blogs and yeah. having, uh, thinking that there was only probably 80, 80 to 100 animation books and then slowly finding out that that number was grossly underestimated and then slowly learning and coming across different authors research paths over the years like it's been absolutely fascinating to see just how um 15 to 20 25 different authors have helped redefine this and brought it like i was a kid animation was not talked about. It was on TV. We didn't talk about it. Now it is so much more socially acceptable to not only discuss it, research it, talk about it. And it's now even evolving more and more through AR, all that other jazz. But to see, like there was never a point so far where I've come across a book, did a Google re Google search, and not found an author tied to this group that has at some point talked about. <laughs> it's like, I think I'm carving my own path and here I am still exploring and discovering. It's been like a, in a sense, like a, 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 a pseudo masterclass of like discovering new research, not new, but again, you know, the research of that everyone's been putting on. I, especially with my, Mice and Magic, mm. it, it it's easier to not reference, find the books that reference it as a useful and important part of this community's involvement. What do you guys think are the top animation authors? Well, Didier has put out the most. Yeah, Didier Gaz has put out the most. Uh, I, you talk page count. Me. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it gets. It gets. Some of the like um, uh, Frenchie uh, anime, Dr. Frenchie, her her page counts ridiculous with all the academic journals and books that she's been a part of, uh, the dictionaries that she's you know put together, the guides, and well, we don't. I don't know who you're yeah. talking about. Can you explain, Dr. Frenchie? Uh, she's a wonderful uh, philosopher, or uh, Dr. Frenchie Lunning. Uh, she's, I believe, she's from the UK and I'm going to feel terrible when I get that wrong and find out I got that wrong. She's uh, <laughs> She's been studying anime and writing about anime since like uh, as long as 80s, 80, early 80s, late. It's been a while. And she's, uh, she's even, her studies have not only the impact of Miyazaki prior to, you know, Spirit of the Way getting big, but also, you know, putting in context anime for American audiences while it grew up and blew up during the 90s and aughts. And, uh, I don't know. It's it's really cool to see a lot of these early researchers from the '80s and '90s now at different universities teaching, and you know, building the next generations. Especially in the UK, I had the privilege last year to go over to Europe and go to the Society of Animation Studies conference, and got to rub elbows with a bunch of of these authors and and see how Europe is studying animation. And it's simultaneously super exciting and really frustrating because. <laughs> 
they're developing great vernacular. They're developing great methods. They're looking at things in ways that we don't. Uh, they're 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 very 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 serious about it, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> don't crack any jokes at inopportune times. <laughs> but as far as here in the states, it seems like I'm from Indiana. I'm right on the edge to Michigan and Indiana. And while we have a CIFA Midwest here, and you know, radio and advertising in Chicago, it isn't really it's the East and West Coasts. I mean, it isn't even Texas anymore now that Funimation and the anime industry has been booted or bought <laughs> out. You know, so. It's, as far as anybody that dabbles in animation, you've got some visual communication studies around yeah. here-ish. I mean, you're really on your own for developing a grassroots yeah. animation and, community. Go ahead. Orin, you and I have talked about this before, about what I feel about the term cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, I I tend to agree with a few... A lot, I People have criticized on cartoon research the Facebook page. You know the bad. The when you say when we insult cartoon research, we always mean the Facebook page. When we <laughs> praise cartoon research, we always mean the the blog. Um. Now, hmm, I've gotten that. Confused. Someone, someone was criticizing Richard Williams' comment that computer animation animated characters are not cartoon characters. I am one who agrees with that assessment that he says. I consider cartoon characters what a cartoon was meant to be. Hand-drawn. Doesn't have to be on paper. But Superman, Dick Tracy, Bugs Bunny, Homer Simpson, Fred Flintstone, Charlie Brown, those are cartoon characters. Alfred E. Newman. Those are cartoon characters. That begs the question, you can't really call it cartoon research or the animation research bibliography. It's the animation, if you called it the cartoon research bibliography, that's when you would get in the ups and downs. Yeah. Well, you, you cut, you cut, let me ask a bunch of questions because I have a zillion questions here for you. <laughs> okay. No worries. Uh, some are short. Okay. 20 questions. Okay. Do you have every book that's on the list? No, I've got, uh, uh, not at all. I've got about 300. Okay. <laughs> That's about it so far. You try to get everyone on the list. Okay. I would love to oh, be the first okay. one to get it done. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, do you have difficulties getting books that are in other languages, meaning getting them yes. on the list? You know, because... That was one of the first questions when I got over to Europe yeah. was, why only in English? And the first thing I said to him was, because it's all I speak. I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to look another. I've got one French book that I bought this week. I have, yeah, I have <laughs> books. Do you so you come to the point where you have books in in French that you don't even speak French? Because I found out my phone auto translates. Yeah, I have I all. I have several of those. Preston, <laughs> I have several of those Patrick O'Brien, Tex Avery books that are in French. Yeah. He's written like five books in French. And I have three of them. And I mean, that would be the French library it. seems like it'd be the one that could be ours. I mean, English yeah. probably has the most, but French would probably come in second for well, that's Japanese, well, thank, thank colonialism Japan. for that. Even over <laughs> Japan, the world speaks English, even over I would, Japan. I would I would assume so, because it hits yeah. all of our I mean, we outpace them two to one to really one. And really, the only two books that are actually translated, there's only three books in anim about animation I can think of that have been translated. Mm -hmm. Four books. Those two major Disney biographies by Gabler and Thomas. Well, and then, um, Pierre's books Pat have been translated Patrick O'Brien's by... Tom and Jerry book, and then, of course, Of Mice and Magic. 
oh, famously translated into, into other languages. My apologies. Yeah. Um, okay. Mark, question. have any of your books been translated? I got. Uh, I don't think anyone could. Uh, I don't know. No. I <laughs> no. Uh, no. I mean, not intentionally. I mean, you could probably put it through Google Translate and probably do it with the ebook version. I don't know. It might work, but. Um, but another, another I do question. have one other question for you, oh, Mark. Okay. Oren and I were talking about audiobooks. Yeah. And from our understanding, your book is pretty much the only audiobook. Which one? The total television book? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, here's the story about that. Uh, so in um my first couple books were self-published, and then I did everything through Bear Manor, and most everything since is Bear Manor. Um the for when I started working with Bear Manor, the rule was let's get an audiobook because you know people can't see everything and let's make an audiobook of everything. Um, strangely enough, they didn't want me to read my own book, which I thought was odd and it really frustrated me. I have not listened to that uh total television audiobook in years because I know they mispronounce names and other things that mm. I tried to get corrected and it really annoys me that it's out there so I just ignore it that it exists uh the, the only other one they did is a cracked magazine book and they they messed that that one up too and so ever since both volumes of it uh you, you no, know, they only did volume one and that was the end of that hmm. and uh I volunteered I said can I read my own books and uh, the guy who publishes it said, sure, record it, you know. So it's like I have to sit on my own nickel and record something mm. and edit out all the breaths and all the all the stuff that they do. And I said, I'm not going to do that on my own time. So uh, what I have done, and you've seen it, Camden, if you look, and Orin, if you look at my older episodes, I mm -hmm. do a occasional episode when I have a new book where I'll read excerpts from my book. That's the closest you're going to get to an audio book written by me unless somebody comes up to me and says, here, do this, because... Uh, I have a, a monkey's book and the co-author named Michael A. Ventrella, who actually was the editor and publisher of Animato years ago. And he just took it upon himself to record all his books and put them on Audible. Unfortunately, he got screwed because Audible gives away everything for free. You know, you can get a free book once a month. So if you're, you're you know, timing it right, you could just literally listen to all his books he doesn't get a cent out of it he spent all that time and effort doing him and i go eh, okay so i only do it uh for my podcast and i only do excerpts because you know it's like i can probably you know well, it was hard to do on the pac-man thing i almost read the whole book there. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then some of my books are not good ones to do audiobooks on because they're kind of list like you know and so they're not really histories but that's all another matter uh but uh, do you, i haven't looked i look like cursory <laughs> recently so i said and i was impressed that you had the pac-man book on there but i mean um i don't know what everything you have so i mean do you have sure. books about claymation and like the puppetoons and things like that if any you know, oh yeah okay. uh, books on the puppet i know there's the book um i'm sorry to interrupt i know there's that book like the films of george powell but are there any other books on George Powell? I believe so. I've got uh, each section subcategorized. So hopefully all the, you know, the, the stop motion, the puppets, you know, each section is, okay. is by themselves. I have 
uh, at the bottom of the table of contents page, I also have an index where the whole bibliography is lit listed in a spreadsheet form. Oh, uh, that okay. was actually a really awesome suggestion from cartoon research uh, readers. They couldn't figure out a way. They didn't want to go page by page to see if a book was listed, trying yeah. to figure out where I put a book. And so yeah. having one page be the go-to spot has been okay. super useful. And uh, yeah, I, I use it all the time as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so then, uh, shoot, I just lost the one that I was thinking of if it's on there. Um, uh, but that's good and useful because, yeah, I was looking on mine and I figured, well, let's see if, it, and I was just seeing if you had just the basic one, the total television book, or, you know, not even thinking about, oh, yeah, the Pac-Man <laughs> book is an animation book. So let's play catch up since I have all my animation books here. So we got the Pac-Man book. All yep. right. And you got the Alvin and the Chipmunks book. That I know. I'm going to pull this up on my end. <laughs> All right. And you got this one right there. Now, I see you have Harvey Comics Companion. So that was where that question came from. I mean, I do talk about animation in there, but it's basically a chapter. So, it's mainly yeah. about the comic book company. So, I mean... And we also get into, this is a little bit embarrassing for me because the whole point of me doing this to begin with was there's a lot I don't know. Like, yeah. just basic stuff from like the 40s to the 60s i struggle like that is just not an era that i've had a lot of time to play with and also at the end of the day animation is expensive even if we find some of the older stuff whether warner archive puts it out or you know if whoever puts it out they're usually done in small batches or they're yeah. just a challenge to track down so but you're right there are some books <laughs> like uh it's it's the comics are based on the show, right? Yeah. Like nobody's well, done a video. I'm not saying nobody's... to take it off. Yeah. I'm just surprised. No, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and then do you have this one or is that one listed? The, the Patty Freeling? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That I know All for right. sure. All right. And then my first Disney book, because this talks about yep. the animated features made through, yep. during those times. So, <laughs> and the live action film. And then this one is a, like a hybrid too, because I mean, it's Dennis the Menace, but it talks about the comic books and the comic strips. That one I don't have added. But it does have animation in it because it talks about Curiosity Shop and talks about the Dennis Menace show and everything like that. So, <laughs> Curiosity Shop, which will be getting a sequel post on Cartoon Research soon. Cool. And With then, some very special little little that. snippets that I can't <laughs> reveal about yet because I've been sworn to secrecy. And the scrapbook I know I've got in there as well. Okay, good. All right, so scrapbook, that's everything. You've got to buy in hardback. I know. That, well, I did. Look. I know. <laughs> Actually, all my books are in hardback now except for this one. I keep bugging them about it. Oh. I want a hardback of this one. Urgh. I shocked myself. I actually do have pocket full of Dennis the Menace on there. So, oh, okay. yeah. oh, all hey, seven are on that? there. Ha -ha! <laughs> all right. Okay, so we're all up to date because anything else, I mean, like there were never any monkeys cartoons. There's never any. I don't talk about Beatles cartoons in my Beatles books. So it's like <laughs> uh, Crack Magazine. The closest, and I do talk about this, but I'm not saying put the book on there. I mean, this is. <laughs> Um, they did a show that I'm dying to see, and I'll say again, uh, with Krantz, the people who did uh, Spider-Man, and um, what was the other show that they did in the 60s? Well, that's one of them they did. Uh, and uh, they did this show called The Flip Sides, and I don't know how versed you are with Cracked Magazine, but their um, mascot was this janitor named Sylvester Smith. And uh, or Sylvester P. Smith, I should say, and uh, they made an animated cartoon called The Flip Sides. But and I could swear 
I've seen it before because like the total television um, book, they would take some of these pilots and just throw them on in cartoon packages. And I could have sworn I saw it somewhere along the line in the eighties or something just randomly and wasn't even thinking about being cracked magazine. It's just that years later when I started collecting the older issues of cracked and I saw, Oh, they were trying to do a cartoon series. I go, I've seen that cartoon. And nobody jerry beck nobody's like i've never seen it so it's like you know i can't say that it doesn't exist it's just they haven't seen it you know so right anyway but that's in the Oren. crack book so that's my animation for that right. but i wouldn't say listen for that or <laughs> um i got a quick question for you about other mark arnold writings that i was wondering if you have sure do you have um the hogan the issues of hogan's alley listed i do not do you list magazines oh. in general? I do. Yeah, Hogan's Alley magazine listed. I do. Because obviously Mark wrote that terrific article that's not published anywhere else about the ABC World of Hand Tools. Mm-hmm. And the the post that I also, my favorite of his, as Mark knows what I'm about to mention, his John Sutherland article. <laughs> which I wanted to make into a book. I mean. <laughs> right, which that's circulated a bit, hasn't it? Your Your proposal for that? uh yeah back in the day i mean it's like we're talking 15 years ago right. so it's like but like it but, you know, I, but I imagine like what one of the things i have mentioned Orin is like art books proposed books that have circulated right and that was one of them i suggested i'm like surely i'm not the only one who's seen this like surely he's this is this is spread elsewhere you know i mean it it's hard to list projects that haven't been duplicated because you don't want i don't want to send people down a rabbit hole looking for a book that doesn't exist like uh, right. jerry Beck's, which is uh, which is where my the books i sent you mm-hmm. those chuck jones books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for right. example yeah, like yeah. the one that which that begs the question like you know i is like you know how do you find a book that's only 75 of them were made or like uh jerry's book that he made for um how was it turner nickelodeon nickelodeon yeah, yeah yeah nickelodeon that didn't actually get distribution but there's copies floating around in the wild like books that exist <laughs> those are those are on the list but i mean I, I to have an article that talks about important books that haven't been made because there's been quite a few yeah i, w- I wouldn't li- yeah i wouldn't list a proposed john sutherland book yeah. because as far as i'm concerned that's a dead issue unless somebody wants to revive it um the clo- the closest that comes to it is and the, he's like a, a a bad taste in the mouth over cartoon research is that uh a mid meaty book uh, uh the 50s animation or whatever mm-hmm. you know he talks quite a bit about sutherland there and around the time that book came out it was about the time that i was supposed to be doing my john sutherland book but nobody was really interested you know and uh, bear manor especially it's like and i think he just didn't get it he didn't know who the guy was even with my article he didn't care you know so it's like well you know and the guy's an animation fan it's just if you can't convince the publisher and i wasn't willing to self-publish it you know so it's just kind of a dead issue unless somebody wants me to yeah. help me revive I, it. Also, <laughs> there is a moral issue with that with Sutherland too, though, because let's face it, his art is great, but his cartoons are really strict conservative capitalism. <laughs> 
Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about his theatrical propaganda cartoons, of course, you know, but he did the the most important person in the 70s, which, you know, was just like similar to Sesame Street filler. You know, <laughs> it's like, right. Uh, so he did other things, you know, but yeah, I, I get it on the propaganda thing. Which but is- I mean, I don't know, Warren, you, you don't discriminate that way you you you'll put anything if it's animation like you know in any field. I try to. it's because so. i, I kind of look at it like uh it's not my job to judge it yeah like i'm yeah. not i'm not the expert yet hopefully one day i'll get there where i've read them all but until <laughs> then i i don't necessarily i, I yeah i don't know like that, uh, Warren, there like are that some books there that you're probably never gonna get <laughs> I like mean, I Lauren, hope- I'm going to tell you right now that book of 75 that I have that's been circ- that Chuck Jones, you're probably never going to get it. Do I know this book? No. Oh, have you shown it's it? A, it was a limited Chuck Jones series that he bought an art piece. Hmm. I bought um, a Crawford drawing. You'll have to show me, like, snap a picture of the cover and send it to me just so I can yeah. see. What- okay. Anyway, um, so here's the next question. What's considered through your research the oldest animation book and i know of one that goes way back but i don't know if that's the first one so So far the earliest one i believe is still the um uh waltz the the one that the library uh now i'm gonna blank how to make cartoons the 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 first one (laughs) i have that um how to make Let's this cartoon. I believe oh, okay. this is still the first one. Okay. I, I have that book. Haven't come ac- I haven't come across any others that are earlier than this one. Uh, now, do, do uh, you consider anything like, you know, any uh, Walter Foster books that teach you how to draw that might have animation drawings? The, the fi- how what... to draw 50 greatest cartoons. Yeah, like that, type of, cat, that type of stuff. You know, do you the consider... grape, it's like Felix the Cat, the Grape Ape. It's challenging because a lot of early animation books are how-to, trying to show people the magic behind the how-tos. And if it, if I were to put every how-to-make animation book in here, it would be dominated by guides on how-to. But at yeah. the same time, like you've said, there's some really important historical ones we can't not include. So right. it's been, for me, Listen it's just layout. been if if exactly. So if someone if someone's noteworthy i've put it in there and if yeah. i don't know them that's be- that's more of an error on me <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know if this one, i don't know if this one predates that one uh but it's from mm. the 40s what year is that, that one the animation uh, one, the one you just showed me yeah, Next, yeah, yeah. That, down this yeah, one there. should be 19 20 oh that's yeah far earlier didn't yeah, paul, yeah, yeah. paul terry write one maybe 1920 Okay, that's pretty. I think early. Paul Terry okay. wrote one. So, and there's a bunch of really. You mentioned periodicals, and periodicals are a bit challenging to track down too, because like books with only one chapter, I I want to get articles from like National Geographic. I know that bad example, but like uh, you know, <laughs> new, uh, articles in magazines or Popular Mechanics. There's some great ones by Fleischer in the early 30s and stuff. Yeah, that would be a great list and resources, but it's. <laughs> it's it's just a it's pandora's box there's just yeah. so many <laughs> now, do, you, do you at least list fanzines like uh, yes, mind, mind rod or animato or whatever I, all of them are in there the earliest funny the world. earliest <laughs> magazine i think and i'm probably wrong but uh cartoon research had some great ones from the uh, fleischer's animated news for their internal news mm-hmm. newsletters yeah. i count that because that's not really a fanzine it's the official 
work scene, whatever. Yeah. Uh, 1950s, you hit the Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse Club magazine, which only ran for like 13 what? issues, but really showing off behind the scenes on animation stuff before that turned into the Mickey Mouse Club magazine. Mm. And then once you finally get to the 60s, then you have a CIFA launching their newsletter and stuff. And then uh, actual fan people, Funny World in 1966, I believe is the first one. I haven't come across one earlier than Funny World. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. And these are so expensive. (laughs) Unless it's an odd issue of uh, Graphic Story World or something, you know, but not... But you just say Funny Worlds are so expensive. Did you just say that? They are. Can I give you you a word of advice? Sure. Buy them at comic book stores. Go to comic book stores. Look in their fanzine segment. I got got eight issues of Funny World one time for a dollar a piece. Oh, man. Yeah, I I need to. Also, the, (laughs) the later issues are pretty cheap still considering yeah, it. The, yeah but like but like oh. for example i got the like the, the games and the like that's one of those things where it i love michael barrier i like him a lot i love this hollywood cartoons book i love this but you get in some gray areas there for well, it's various, also the first and so early like yeah. it's so hard various to, various so family feuds and, the internet from being able to research like a lot of yeah. anything prior to the 90s it's amazing anything got done <laughs> i know <I'm... laughs> um it's also been a little bit difficult because a lot of these magazines didn't run for very long and you want to i've been archiving my own collection uh, yeah. but it's hard because you, i'd love to see these reprinted i would love to see compilation books reprinting it for the next generation because there's some really yeah. fascinating primary source interviews with awesome like you know you care about me you know little do they know 40 years later like yeah we really do like especially now that you've been dead for 40 years yes (laughs) and it's uh i don't know it's it's great go ahead one of the things that i asked jerry beck about and he really wants to do he'd like to do one day is to make a best of cartoon research put into a book and let the authors behind them elaborate on them Mm. So you can have like things like, you know, Jim Corcus writing, reprinting his articles on Bill Scott talking about the Gerald McBoing Boing show. And Jim Corcus can elaborate on it more. And that would become a chapter in a book. That's something that Jerry has wanted to do. And I have a question for you. So what do you get about things that inspired animation? For like, for example, this is where I think you get into the gray area about newspaper strips. So it's really I'm hard to argue that an author like Harriman or Windsor McKay mm-hmm. or or um, George McManus mm-hmm. didn't inspire a lot of animators. Well, it's just like not counting Moybridge. Yeah. You know, like where does Moybridge fit in animation? You can't talk about animation without the pioneer for cameras well, really, but then you but then you're but then you're now into film studies so right. it's one of those weird like I, I it's i keep coming back to a periphery bibliography but it feels like like i've got an mgm the history of mgm right over here and there's oh, yeah, like, i have that book there's too. like no information about animation in here right. but i got that book for free but knowing uh, about, about the MGM library super important for understanding why they went into the business to begin with and you know the context of early american cinema <laughs> Well, that reminds me is like, uh, you know, old TV specials are used. 
branching out and doing that okay because mm-hmm. there's like one now they barely touch on it on that but i just rewatched it is mgm the lion when the lion roars with patrick mm-hmm. stewart uh mm-hmm. they have one brief bit with uh hannah and barbara hannah says nothing barbara says yep. a few lines and it's mainly showing <laughs> jerry the mouse and uh yep. Uh, gene kelly and that's about it you know, know, and, about. You know and i don't even think they show the esther they have esther williams in it and they don't show the tom and jerry clip from that no, you know it's so. like wow. warner brothers documentaries do the same problem which i wonder how if their 100th documentary coming out is going to justify that i bet it will because now they're not going to spend as much time talking about the jazz singer <laughs> Or they but will, answer, but they won't show the controversial part of it, I suppose. But anyway. To answer your question, though, Camden, uh, it, it really it is a challenge because especially early animation had such a strong crossover with newspaper comics. We've talked at length about how it's hard to pull one string. Uh, and then even when you start getting into the 70s and 80s, like I found out recently if it hadn't been for Nintendo and Disney working together, uh, or was it Disney? Uh yeah, Disney and Popeye were the two video games that they had agreements with. And if it weren't for those, we wouldn't have ended up with Mario working out. So it's like one of those weird, if you, you know, little pieces of history over here that doesn't necessarily make animation sense triggers off a whole other medium business adventure. It's uh, it, it's like talking, you know how people like to complain that why are you bringing politics into the conversation? Nothing happens in a vacuum, right? Like the animation doesn't happen in a vacuum. The technological involvements that occur with animation far mm-hmm. go beyond that boundary. And it's give and take too. And it's, it's, that's what's fascinating. That's really what, studying animation is just my tricky way to study life. Like just and, and I imagine everything. <laughs> you get into the rough spots too when you get into like, you know, Carl Barks, Harvey mm-hmm. Comics. You can't argue. It's hard to argue that Jack Kirby or Keaton or Chaplin well, they didn't inspire stuff. animation in some way. I mean, when you start looking at like, especially with the cartoon license shows like X Men, uh, whether that's the '80s one or the '90s one or the 2000, and all the love from Mobius when he, you know, and all his comic book inspiration, right. like, it's you need to have that. I guess I, I'm in design class right now, so I have a lot of like references to like early design. But like you don't, if you don't know the vernacular, if you don't know what comes yeah. from where or how to describe it, and you don't recognize who Mobius is, then you don't see the influence. It just kind of goes past you. So it, it's kind of, uh, I guess, one big master course. <laughs> right. It's like I've always noticed that the more the bigger George Harriman was, the more mice would appear in cartoons. Like Paul Terry was doing mice cartoons since the beginning, but the more Harriman did stuff, the more mice, the more cats. And I think the whole cat and mouse thing, you know, there's tons of cat and mouse stuff in cartoons. There's the Mutt and Jeff um, topper strip. There's all sorts of stuff. But I think the whole my, cat and mice thing is really Harriman's doing. Because if it hadn't been for Harriman, a lot of shit wouldn't have been made. Mm-hmm. And then McKay, it's like, if, he, if his strips weren't successful, he wouldn't have gone into animation. So, so should we try, change Disney's quote, it all started with a cat? Because <laughs> <laughs> since Mickey's based on Felix. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have you gotten have you gotten yeah that's a good question so 
is what are the top books on your list? Because I'll tell you mine. Because I told you mine. Please. I I have because my, I have a friend. One part of the reason I have such a vast variety of books is because of my friends at the Chuck Jones Gallery. Uh-huh. One of my very best friends in the world is Carol Erickson, who works there. She would donate me books left and right, just because. Like uh, that's how I got John K. Maker's Felix book. That's how I got all sorts of. That's how I got Eric Goldberg's um, animation crash course mm-hmm. book. I got that signed by Eric Goldberg for that exact reason. Um, which now, which I bought all of my art that I got. I got um, my parents or someone bought from bought from her. She's given me all sorts of books. She's she helped me get on the phone with June Foray. All this stuff. But one of my top books is. The Mary, the second, the sequel to the Mary Blair book, the um, the book on Ivan Earl. Mm. There's a book I don't. Somehow there's a Hanna Barbera book I don't have called the World of Hanna Barbera Cartoons. It's the exhibition catalog. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't have it because it's like eighty five dollars. Buy it. Mm-hmm. There's the Hanna Barbera story, which also seems to fetch quite a bit of money. Uh, which oh my god! Are you talking, no, I think no, are you talking about? Lot. Are you talking about Stuart Fisher's book? Yeah. Oh god! Was, I'll I give you my copy. <laughs> I'll give you my copy. That it. That is the single worst book on animation ever written. That is <laughs> a horrible book. It must have been printed I, I, I in low quality, say, quality then. If I have to, if I've read a single book, probably my two least favorite books in animation aren't even Hollywood Doc prints. It's it's the book Serious Business. And it's the Hanna-Barbera story. <laughs> All it is is a bunch of filmographies mixed in with like Wikipedia clip articles, it looks like. <laughs> I can ranch at, ranch at you for 5,000. I literally have never read a book until that book that I bought off my shelf that I thought, you know what, I might want to throw this in the garbage. <laughs> That's funny. Uh so. I mean, if, if uh, for me, it's most of the Windsor's books. I I would love to track down his art. Oh, uh, I want his I want his um, Dreams of the Rare fi- Fine mm-hmm. book, the collection of those. Oh my uh, god! But they're like eight hundred dollars. Yep. <laughs> and it's all public domain too, so you can either have the photocopied, terrible cheap ones, or the really yeah. really nice, overly expensive table. Table yeah, but and they, they're not only in eight hundred dollars, but then they're also you're also getting them shipped from Germany, mm-hmm. which draws into another hundred and twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want me to give you my top ten? Please, <laughs> yeah, please, okay, great. Okay, please. go for All it. Right. Now I'm doing this from memory, so if I leave something out, I'll probably go, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay." That's right. how I feel. <laughs> okay, so obviously I said of mice and magic. That's a no brainer. Um, I have to think studios and everything. So, um, I, Mark, I have. A... Came up, can I? Can I? Can I get? Can I guess one of them? Sure. I just want to guess one of them because uh, I know that it's you not my own. I'm not even going to guess. One of them. <laughs> is Go it? Te- is it Joe Adamson's Tex Avery book? Yeah, that would be one of them. But actually, I tend to like that the French Tex Avery book a little bit better. You know. So. Do you speak French? I have the English version. Oh, yeah, I have the English version too, though. Are you talking about the blue one? I don't remember. Jeez. <laughs> um, so okay, so books I have that I like a lot. Um, so I like um, the Rankin Bass book by Rick Goldschmidt. 
a lot. I like the Andy Mangles, Lou Scheimer filmation book a lot. Mm. Um, notice they're all TV so far, but that's not why. Um, I like the the dual ones, you know, the Tom and Jerry and the Tex Avery ones that were done mm. by that French guy. And they're just I nice. I think it's MGM book. They're, I, they're nice, handsome books. I don't even like Tom and Jerry all that much, to be honest. And it's like, <laughs> but I love that book, you know. So if you're going to do a smart book, um i like uh most of jerry beck's book but if i picked one other than of mice and magic it probably would be that hanna barbera book that's probably oh my his. god yes um because i still quibble with the hundred uh looney tunes ones so <laughs> yeah i do too <laughs> um and i like the 50 greatest cartoons quite a bit too but you know i still would rather if i had to pick one other than of mice and magic it'd probably be the hanna barbera book um <clears throat> what other studios are there um I have to go mentally in my head. Uh, da, 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 da. Some books are kind of dry, but I like it. Like I like Walter Lance's book, to be honest. You know, it's a little dry, but um, uh, I, wish I imagine I Adamson had to had to come to terms, tweet her out the the myths of Walter's life. <laughs> um, as far as a good Disney book, um, geez, that's going to be hard. Um, I just picked up Ink and Paint, and I oh my am god, loving it! That's it is that's that's so that's in my yeah. top. Oh my god, I cannot wait for Mindy Johnson's next book. I literally told her, "I'm like, I am going to buy your next book." Wait, do I have that one? Wait, wait, show the cover. Do you have it there? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. Sometimes I don't know things. Oh, I don't have that. One. I want that one. Uh, I had an opportunity to get it because I'm in the Disney Movie Club. Uh, to if you get enough points, and I was yeah. just getting right. Oren, <laughs> they discontinued Oren, do it. Do yourself a favor. Don't join the Disney Movie Club. I will go on a rant. They're evil. They're evil, <laughs> and, evil except people. That's the only place you can get Blu-rays of some of their films cheap. Uh, yep. And if they you used want, to, if they you used, want them they cheap, I will buy them for you to get out of that club. Why? I've I've met the. I've met the whatevers, so all I have to yeah. do is just. I want out. I want out. I. I they're, they're evil. Well, you gotta buy your four films. You can't just sit there and bellyache about it. That's what I noticed. People go, "Well, I got my four films for a penny. How come I can't get out of this?" Well, you gotta buy like four more at regular prices. It's, yeah, it's, but they charge you fifty. They charge you like thirty-five. Yeah, buy the for... ones and get out of it. You know, but you don't have to get out of it at that point because you met your commitment. That's it's. No wonder you're not married. You know, <laughs> you have to, It's a commitment, dude. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just teasing anyway but um uh what other books are there um i oh i like the the when magoo flew i like that one a lot yes um yes. i still will say leslie kabarja's fleischer story even though the other fleischer book that our friend uh what's his face <laughs> did, uh and i'm <laughs> I shouldn't say what's his face because I've interviewed him on the podcast. Sorry, <laughs> but my brain's escaping me. But I like both Fleischer books. Um, how about how about have you read the GM GM G Michael Dobbs's new book? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the, the GM ABC's a hand tools book. Yes, I have read that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but no. Uh, what's the Michael Dobbs book? See, uh, it's a brand brand new oh, book, actually. It. It's supposed to be a two volumes. Oh, okay. No, don't have that. Um now, okay. I'm 
uh was there anything i should have said oh i know uh, i forgot bill scott's jay ward book of course yeah bill scott's <laughs> yeah uh, J- yeah his too his, his guy <laughs> keith, keith scott's hey if i can't uh, remember ray pointer i, can't, I certainly can't right. remember <laughs> Oren, are you related to bill <laughs> or keith no no but ironically okay. dad's I, name is I, bill <laughs> i have wow. can i can i give you can i give you mine all right Please. all right they are of mice and magic obviously um, of the moose that roared, mm-hmm. I would say the art of Jay Ward Productions by Gerald Van Sitters. Okay, I would say two Kaufman books. I would say the fairest one of all, and Pinocchio, No Strings mm-hmm. Attached. Yeah. Ink and Paint is another one. I would say the Hanna Barbera Treasury is a bingo. Um, I would say just because of when I got it, it was a big deal. Um, not that it's one of the greatest of all time, but when I got it, it made a huge impact of my interests. Um, Steve Stollier's Warner Brothers cartoons book. Mm. It's not the greatest book in the world. I think it could have been a more improved book, but I think that just when I got it, it was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I also would say, um, hmm, I would say a tie. I would say a three-way tie. I'm going to do a three-way tie for number nine between. The Mary Blair book, the um, the layout book, animation layout, you know what I'm talking about, and the noble approach. That was expensive. And then I would do <laughs> the number ten. It would be, ooh, I got to choose either the animation art of Frizz Freeling, or Tex Avery King of Cartoons. What, what's the layout book? What's that one? Uh, that that's one? one I'm definitely. I imagine you do not have that one, Oren. You're talking the archive series, right? From, yeah, no, uh, I'm, talking, I'm talking about um, McLaren's McC- McLean's book. Oh, uh, bu- 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 bu. animation layout with 100 word Dalmatians in the front, setting the setting the scene, and it's setting the scene. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, I don't have that one yet. No, <laughs> because it's like $300. I don't know how much. That's probably why I don't it. have it either. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Saying. I don't know how my mom found it, but she found it for mm-hmm. cheap. Okay. So, uh, if I may, sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the <laughs> first off, if I'm a big Lupin the Third fan, and uh, okay, this book just came out last year, and I'm gonna forget the author, so I'm gonna look him up. Okay. He, this gentleman has been writing literally every single paper from any Lupin publication for like the last. Reed Nelson, of course. Reed Reed has written or everything for every launch of any Lupin DVD or Blu-ray f- since I've been around. And uh, he got to write this 50th anniversary book and I love it. He does a great job going through 50 years of like one series and still making it interesting. He still loves it. I don't know how you can write about one topic for so long. I mean that for everyone. I don't know how we all do it. Uh, <laughs> the first... Uh, well, that's why I jump around. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I mean, it's not all animation for me. So anyway. In 2008, when I was first following cartoon research and really get take, jumping into things, uh, Jonathan Clement's anime history was like mind blower for me because it was, it, it gave me context. Like I'm, like I said earlier, I'm from the Midwest and a lot of the steel industry out here was developed by Japan. 
Uh, a lot of the cities in our area are have sister cities in Japan. Um, Where are you in Indiana? Do you mind if I interrupt? Because I was yeah, just no, at cool. Indiana University last week. Yeah, you were mentioning that. Uh, I'm up in South Bend and uh, Mayor Pete's backyard, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, Is that that's East Coast or West Coast of uh, Indiana? Uh, it's so Indiana and Michigan's right here. We're right on the border, right in the middle. Oh, okay. Got oh, it. Yeah. So if okay. I've got a, if it takes me like 40 minutes to get to, get to Chicago via the South shore train, um, it's neat. Uh, and then, uh, so, then, uh, yeah, go ahead. You're fairly close to the Popeye museum too. Am I? Isn't that in Wisconsin? <laughs> no, it's not Wisconsin. That's the Grim Natwick museum. Popeye museums in Chester, Illinois. I've driven mm. out there. Yeah, I never kind of made it, friends. You're right, because that was uh, where spinach was being made at the time. <laughs> they sold them so they sold so much that. Well, that's no, actually, that's where Seagar was born. That's why it's. There. Oh, okay. I'm I'm mixing it up with the other one. Yeah. My bad. Speaking of which, uh, I do like that yeah. Grandinetti book that just came out. Yeah. He talks about mm. the TV cartoons. I know people hate those cartoons, but he did a good job with that. So yeah, I I, 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 I love good books on lousy cartoons that's mm -hmm. that's probably why i have the filmation thing because i was never a filmation fan and no uh, one is <laughs> I, you know it made me a fan i go you know and then i started buying all the dvds and everything so mm -hmm. anyway go on uh, the books on the lou's books are fine. the his his daughter's books i forget her name I forget a lot of names unless I have the books right. in front of me. <laughs> just, just, say, just say Ray Pointer because he's mad. Yeah, that there we go. <laughs> he's texting right now. That bastard. Even <laughs> the only other, uh, the only other like really sentimental book I have is uh, I'm a big Venture Brothers fan, and oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's you know as far as shows that take its take its character seriously and its continuity seriously and its pop culture love seriously uh those cats are so deep in pop culture it, you know it took them two or three years to write a one season and then we'd have to wait another two or three years for one season and yeah, yeah come on anyway. come on or you got you got eight you got seven more left dude oh geez uh a lot of uh you know well four of them are behind his chair there it's true <laughs> <laughs> i uh i did actually uh the cartoon research windsor mckay books uh, oh, I had oh the yeah pleasure to meet uh kevin scott collier and collier and he was kind enough to introduce or uh, over in spring lake michigan which is where windsor grew up he was able to share with yeah. me a whole bunch of awesome windsor information and i got to learn about his uncle and, i wish kevin you know, would do more books too uh, i do yeah. too he's he's been really busy for last i saw he, he launched his uh animation studio and it seems to be finding some success doing that i don't know i haven't haven't j tuned in too much beyond just seeing how busy he's been okay um and then jerry's books are also go to fun i mean most recently, I've been really excited over some of the older ones, like Doing Their Bit. Uh, this oh, yeah. was written in the 1960s, talking about all the World War II books. It's it's fascinating because even though you go to the older ones and it's all just kind of like summaries of some of the cartoons, the way they describe them is really yeah. fascinating. Um, it's all kind of you know, it's it's contextual. It's it's more interesting when you know about why these things were written and what the subjects mm -hmm. were trying to do. And then anything by uh, Paul Wells has been something he's been really changing my concept of understanding what animation on a more academic and philosophical level. I'm not a, I'm not an artist. Mm. I, yeah, I, neither I, am I. 
I love Mark. You're the only person who's ever dwelled into art, and out of all three of us, and you're not even an artist either anymore. No, no. <laughs> but I, I, I enjoy I it as a but anyway. meditative yeah. practice. But to create something, to stay focused on your art that long, to be able to make something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that ain't me. <laughs> I, I always tell people that when we when we were in, I've never been an artist. And by the time I was in sixth grade, I knew I was, I drew like shit. And by the time I was in fourth grade, I knew I did everything else like shit because I would be like, I would be like, if we would have to like make a sculpture of baby Jesus or whatever. And I literally would tell my teacher, you're wasting my time. I'm wasting yours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I, I ate that stuff up. I mean, I was always good in art. Uh, you know, if we did three dimensional things, I was, I was always no. for that. My parents are uh, shitty at art and I grab uh, it from them. My parents were great at art, uh, but my dad, he became an engineer uh, and then he didn't like it. He was going to be an architect and he didn't like that. And he ended up doing uh, high tech sales forever and made a lot of money doing that. And I said, don't you miss doing the art? And he goes, nah, because my dad's more money focused. So it's like, you know, it didn't rub off to me, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but in my in my situation, yeah, I, I used to draw cartoons and comic strips and comic books. I'd show them around to friends. I do parodies of things. I got in the school. Yep. I got this for for um for more info on this check out episode yeah episodes but, one something and one oh, I don't something know else episodes, where I when, I when I'm talking about Mark's me. life yeah, and yeah <laughs> yeah but uh, what stopped it all was and I probably said it in the episode was um you did I graduated in eighty four mm-hmm. now what was the state of animation in nineteen eighty four okay Bullshit. and I really wanted to go to Cal Arts and uh my dad didn't want to send me so i can't afford why don't you just go to fill in the blank school you know and uh you know it's like i don't want to go to any school i want to go to cal arts and so because i couldn't go to the one school i wanted to go to um i just said well okay then i'll just go to the local junior college which i did and mm-hmm. uh um they didn't have an animation department, of course. And so, well, closest thing was film and television. So I, I did that and I learned all the stuff about live action film and how to do television and everything else. And, you know, just fell in love with all that stuff more than I already had. So, you know, that's where that all came from. And, and the, you know, the, my contemporary, even though he's a few years older than me uh, or contemporaries, plural, are probably like Mike Kazala and Milton Knight who actually roughly my same age, they're a few years older, but they actually went into the industry. Mm-hmm. And with talking with them for the years that I have and knowing them and everything, I'm glad I didn't. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have gone nuts. You know, it's like I would have wanted to put out quality stuff and there's just crap. And by the time things like Simpsons and all the good 90s stuff was coming out, I probably would have been out of the business because I just would have been so frustrated all those years trying to do it so i graduated high school in 2008 which was just perfect timing for the economy to crash and (laughs) when i was that was that's a great one that was right when i was you know sitting in the quarters bookstore asking for the hand of a bear treasury so uh my my chasing of the animation dream was all right well the animation industry is in atlanta or dallas i guess i just have to go to atlanta or dallas and I'll find something and, you know, <laughs> get to Dallas and eh, it doesn't quite work that way. You know, get to Atlanta, you know, track down Jason DeMarco, Adult Swim. Hey, you know, I got ideas. And he's like, <laughs> 
cool. (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) And so uh, then, you know, returning home for a couple of years, uh, you know, figuring out it's a challenge when you're not an artist and and you you enjoy this field because it's there's a lot of artistry to it. There's a lot of, you know, even if you aren't a direct drawing person, you can still do three dimensions. You can still there's ways to go about it. Uh, if you like puppetry, I mean, stop motion. I mean, how how physical of an artist do you want to be in animation? And if you have no interest in any of it, it's a, okay. What are you bringing to the table? Uh, what what for me? It's uh, it every animated film has it's that story. It's that lesson. It's that that spark of you know why in the first place did they want to make it? And uh, yeah, I, I tracking and learning everything down has been. It, it has only made me more well-rounded learning about so many success and also terrible stories. There's a lot of sadness in this history. Uh, there's a lot of not great stories of people putting in their fortunes and trying to find and, and make it big and, you know, find their own successes. Some do, most don't. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's life. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, I didn't have the, uh, the the self-esteem to Mm. handle it like if i had to do it now or if i felt like the way i do now back when i was in my early 20s yeah i would have i would have braved it and done it but you know it's like i didn't want to get hurt and i said well it's a safer bet sticking with you know this and going on this path Mm -hmm. it wasn't the most enlightening thing but you know uh arguably i've done well for myself because i've always kept my foot creatively and i did my own fanzine for a number of years and you know now i'm doing books and a podcast so it's like you know (laughs) you mentioned also you know if doing it now how much different it would be and that's been you know going back to college 15 years later has been like wow things really have changed i am capable i think (laughs) you know and it's it's it is a it is amazing you know now i don't want to do it because i'm so much older but i mean if i I had my confidence that i have now when i was in my 20s i would have done it because i said i have nothing to lose but i used to say oh i'm gonna fail you know and all that stuff so it's like oh well you know that's what life's about you learn (laughs) i have two other books by the way i wish i said of course you do (laughs) windsor mckay's life and art Uh and that great large book that doesn't even fit on my shelf the mickey mouse book by kaufman and gerstein yeah i don't think that's oh, off yeah. shelf yeah it's off camera the art of walt disney is a good book oh the art of walt disney is a great book but yeah. uh are you pulling are you are you looking uh are you really gonna pull that whole thing down Watch, watch all the books fall on top. <laughs> yeah, that book is huge. I I have oh, been I going through this one. since I I've seen picked it this one up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And... I my my sister bought it for me for a high school graduation gift. Um, Isn't there a, like a, a small version, like a, a like yep. yeah? But here's like the deal, Mark. Mark, you gotta buy the big the one. one. Oh, of course, you gotta yeah. buy the big one. I know the small one costs like twenty dollars, but the big one, but but they edited a lot out of it. Of course, they do that all the time. That's a Tashin book, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. because Tashin does that all the time. They, I mean, they did that is. with Marvel Comics. They did this big deluxe Marvel Comics, which my name's in, but I don't own it. <laughs> and then they did this little highlight book, which I don't own either because I wanted the big book, but it's out of print. It's like $400 now. It's like, of course, they yeah. give you a free copy for sending them scans and everything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those, but, the Tashin, um, books, a, those Tashin a, books are gorgeous. All of them are. Anything that has uh, the Windsor McKay. I, I just got one. the little Nemo one for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little secret that's completely known to everyone in the industry right now already. They're making a Donald version of that book. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Um, but um, my sister got me that book when it was really prime, like $250 prime when it first came out for my high school graduation gift. It's a pretty good gift, I know. Um, I'm like, well, maybe y'all can buy me Donald for my my college graduation gift. Four years later, <laughs> senior. It isn't going to come out when I graduate grad school either. <laughs> Oren. Yes. More questions. Um, yes. How do you have a more? How do you have your books organized? Is it just alphabetical uh, by author? Or is it? How do you have I, it? I try to have it replicated like my bibliography. So subsectioned into you know CGI over here, Disney do over here. People have your books organized. Uh, right now they are um, more pretty than normal. <laughs> <laughs> usually they're uh, pulled out i'm usually in a bunch of them reading referencing and uh-huh. uh especially as i'm preparing for my paper for this year's society of animation studies conference i'm trying <laughs> to come up i'm trying to come up with uh i, I submitted don't tell anyone no uh <laughs> i submitted i'm gonna start analyzing some of the barriers keeping uh people from entering our field whether that's artistically or studying it and mm-hmm. trying to you know, is it is it exclusively money? Is it access to information? Is it something else? What's preventing uh, us from continuing to move forward and, and grow more? Um, <laughs> as you know, animation ain't for kids, and so you know it is, and it's not at the same time. Obviously, it depends on what we're making, but it you know as it grows up and starts needing to do more adult things, um, like tackle all sorts of subjects and do all sorts of things and build new markets and build new economies. And uh, we're in it. We're in an exciting time, it, especially as you know, there's been a lot of talk of artificial intelligence, yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, you know, animation is still an art and art. Yeah. That we don't, we don't like when computers take that away from us. So I don't think animators that, have much to be worried me, about. <laughs> let me just tell you something. You should really join the comic studies of America. Mm. The International Comic Studies. I was just talking to a member the other day at Indiana State. I happened nice. to randomly happen to be one of my professors happened to be a member. <laughs> one of the professors I was meeting completely by chance. We were talking about something similar. We were talking about um, I think that what I've heard from comics, the people in the comic studies, as well as the National Cartoonist Society, it's the same talk. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all a cartooning fear at this point. It is interesting times because, I mean, that was one thing I also considered in high school and you don't consider it at all now is having a newspaper strip. You know, it's like, you know, it's insane. You know, nowadays, if you did your own comic, you do your web comic and then maybe compile it into a book, you know, but that's, you know, very different than sending things to King Features, United Features, uh, you know, Field Communications, uh, uh, whatever all the different ones were at the time. Now there's like no syndicates. There might be one King, you know, (laughs) it's like, yeah, I think United is still around. I thought that got observed by King also, but maybe I'm wrong on that. So anyway, no, uh. 
I think or, there's like two. There's the guys who run Go yeah. Comics, and then there's the I guess guys they, who run They Comics have to have Kingdom. two, so there wouldn't be a monopoly. Or yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah. somehow, bo- somehow, strips like Broomhilda and Gaslin Alley are still existence. Well, I mean, it's it's been around. It's going to stay. But I mean, if you were just starting out, if you were a hotshot artist and you're really funny, and uh, showed your friends all these comics that you did, they hey, you're great. I mean, you, you'd be better off actually probably knocking on Scholastic's door and being like a Dave Pilkey and stuff and put your comic strips in the graphic novels nowadays right. to get seen, which is odd, but true. You know, it's like... Um, I mean, now now it's a pathway for like uh, that YouTuber, Odd One Out. He's gone from web webcomic-ish to YouTuber to animation on Netflix, full animated platform. So the old ways of distribution have <laughs> it's changed i mean that's what i got out of doing a fanzine you know when i stopped it in 2011 which i felt i kept going 10 years longer than i should have um mm-hmm. you know there's friends of mine that were like oh don't stop and it's like i have to it cost me money to do it before at least i was making a little yeah. bit of money or at least breaking even but yeah. i was just paying and it got to the point where i was publishing four times a year and i cut back to two times a year and i said all right, do I want to go broke this month or next month? <laughs> That's where it got to the point. And I just said, I'm stopping. I got to stop. You know, it, it's unfortunate when the when the cost of when the material object costs more than the production itself. <laughs> that's that's what we're delving into. Some manufacturer <laughs> of some product is does something that we don't quite understand the fact that none of this is a marketable product. <laughs> I think Mark and you know exactly who I'm referring to. Yeah. Well, even if I don't know exactly what you're referring to, I know other examples because about three or four different people popped in my head. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> All right. One other question. I had two. Yes. Second one. So you mentioned puppets. So yes. Do things like the Muppets or anything like that get in there? Is that way going beyond the line of animation at that point? Uh, I, I'm not talking about Muppet Babies animated cartoons. Right, I'm talking right, about right. Uh, real Muppets. Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah I, I try not to incorporate okay. puppetry because I, I, kinda, I can see why the definition of animation applies to puppetry. Yeah. And I understand why it's a, you know considered like a sister field. But... Uh, I try not to unless the book is explicitly talking about animation in its truest sense. Yeah. Like the truest. No, I sense think if there was a book on like Clampett's puppetry, that'd be like a different situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Clampett, if I recall correctly, Clampett's stop motion or puppetry was also mixed in with animation too. Like wasn't no. it intersections? No. No. Okay. No. But he had time for Beanie and then it became Beanie yeah. and Cecil. So I mean And okay. I'm one of the rare people who don't even care for the Muppets. That's the other <laughs> thing that everyone that's the other thing that I was going to say besides the Christmas story, which I can handle a Christmas story. It's the Muppets <laughs> that I don't like that everyone else does. Well, I'll agree with you post Henson, but anyway, that's all right. I'll, that's all my, right. That's, I'll agree with that assessment. Yeah, uh, that's my little beef, but I'm, I'm that way on a lot of things. It's hard for me post Mel Blank on Looney Tunes, you know, I'll even yeah. watch Looney Christmas Tales from '79 mm-hmm. because it, hey, it's still Mel Blank, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm that way. Po- I'm that way by Disney. Post Walt, yeah. I'm done. Post Walt, oh wow. Well, I'll, I'll go to pre Eisner, but yeah. Anyway, um, no, I also reason, it's go, oh, go ahead. Sorry, was, uh, <laughs> my bad. Go for it. <laughs> 
Okay, the reason I was asking about uh, puppets is basically that is that um, I'm working on a book Camden knows about, you may know about it, it's TV cartoons that time forgot, which basically is- a Which I begged him to write. General <laughs> kind of umbrella thing. I'm kind of on a hiatus. I haven't been writing on it since November. Sorry, Camden, but that's because I'm trying to finish my Mad book and my Turtles book and all the other things I'm trying to finish so I can work on this. But anyway, um, the interesting thing, and I've been using Kevin's books as sources and different things like that because he has a lot of the early TV stuff already done, like Teletales and stuff like that, is the prevalence of articles that, think there's talking about animation but they're really talking about puppets and mm -hmm. and so there's far fewer true animated shows from you know my i start kind of roughly in 49 when crusader rabbit was on originally you know and that's that and teletales is usually considered the first tv thing unless somebody wants to argue about felix the cat statue in 1923 or something but you know being televised winky, dink, and you. You know, yeah but uh it, well even winky dink and you is later yeah but uh you know there's a long gap it's like those shows came out then and then there's a long gap until um yeah i mean you get like mighty mouse playhouse or you get theatricals on tv and stuff like that but uh well, an actual doesn't tv like made show there's almost 10 years and then suddenly in 57 you got rough and ready you got more crusader rabbit you got this that and the other blah 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 blah, blah. anyway i don't know what my point is but oh the puppet but, thing that's fine <laughs> so well isn't that kind of like thunderbirds described itself as super marionation if yeah. i recall correctly yeah so i, I yeah. can kind of see being it an almost marketing problem like <laughs> to the right. unsuspecting uh, audience or people back then i mean even the i don't know if you watched kablam back on nickelodeon but there was uh, action league now which that wasn't even animation but it was packaged in an animated variety show but that was just action figures twitching back and forth and throwing them across the room i think they called it chuck nation or something like that yeah uh, I, I i don't know i i it's like that weird era during the 60s yeah. when everybody described their own <laughs> it's not animation it's yeah <laughs> no i have a question for you too yeah so two questions first of all i would definitely consider him an animator i know that some people have questioned whether or not ray harryhausen when you talk about some of his art whether or not it's animation or it's special effects Ray's, all, uh, Ray's in there. Yeah, Ray, everything about Ray is in the bibliography because I completely yeah, it's, agree with it's you. He's, the he's argument against right. It's it's definitely stop motion. It's definitely animation. Yeah. Now the other question was, what is a book that you would want an animation to? to what is something that you would like to that either is not made or is not in production? A book about animation, subject animation, you would like to see. Mine would be, I would love to see something about the Bray Studios as a book. I would love for Tommy Stathis to write a Bray Studios book oh, or, or David Gerstein. Yeah, either um, one of them would be really good. Or I would love to see something written about the distribution side of animation. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um because a couple because my to-do list is to do read to read list is already full of books i want to read so um let me think about that mark do you have an answer for that um the one that pops in my head is i wish there's a better terry toons book mm. i like the terry toons book 
I don't love the Terry Tunes book. That one, yeah. Yeah, um, there, here's my problem with this book. What is with the three columns? Well, section? I hate that. You know, but beyond that, once you get past that, it's not it's not an easy read, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I, 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 you know, it's almost like I should just take his book and rewrite it. How I have my total television, <laughs> you know, and make the book I want, but I'm not going to do that because, um, you know, I, I would love somebody like, you know, I mentioned him already, Milton Knight or Mike Cazola yeah. to do a Terry tunes book, I, you know, and they're not into writing books. I know, but you know, I can dream, can I, but you know, it's like, <laughs> right. you know, I, because they have so much knowledge, knowledge, you know, it's just like uh, Mark Evanier. I, I wish for years he would do a bell gold key book because he knows it all. He's talked to the people he was there and he just, but he just regurgitates it all and it's like put this in a book dude and mm-hmm. he's like eh. i mean even if it's written several books <laughs> what was that and his excuse is bad because he's written several books mm-hmm. and you know even uh jerry beck i won't give away ones don't give away any ones either i don't want to edit anything but you know he's talked about books that he wants to do mm-hmm. but he hasn't done them yet now that doesn't mean he's not going to do them but it's kind of come on jerry do these books you know <laughs> so yeah don't mention them, you know but anyway the I know other a couple the of other them that i would love I'd to, like see. to see you know, yeah for disney books i have a couple of things hmm. i'd love to see an art of cinderella book mm-hmm. I'd love to see an art of Dumbo book. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see, because, you know, you've got Mary Blair, you've got Tyrus Wong, you've got Murray Snowball, you've got Ivan Durrell, you've got all of those guys. I'd like to see a book about Walt Paraguay's art. Mm. I just want, I just, I think, think that the, he's one of those layout artists that really defined a certain movie, 101 Dalmatians. I think that would make a good book. There are two people I want to read their autobiography. I want to read Mike Lazo's autobiography about working his way up through Turner and creating Adult Swim and all of those wonderful creative executive decisions because three things about him. One, he never went into the public limelight. Rarely when he rarely when he did, they were very concise and very controlled. Two, whenever you hear any artist talk about their show on Adult Swim, they thank him for mm-hmm. making their show better. It is consistent. You hear it all the time. I would love to. And now that he's retired, come on, Mike. Right go, go yeah. right. Uh, yeah, Mike, if you're listening to that. <laughs> Andrea Romano, same thing. I mean, oh, I love Andrea. She is, she, she said, is brilliant. She mentioned she's going to write a book now that she's retired. And, Andrea she's is very paradise. nice. I've been her- Why would you write a book when you're in paradise? But oh, she okay. should. <laughs> may, may I just say something about Andrea Romano? Please. She is extremely nice. I have interviewed her several times. She is always open to conversation. I wrote an essay so by Hannah Barbera. Seth Green, of all people, would have been ended up becoming one of her many proteges right. and, a, and a successful protege at that. I mean, his his directing style. I hope eventually, once you know, Robot Chicken ends, I hope he does more projects because, from the sounds of yeah. other actors and writing, it sounds like he's really picked up a lot of Andrea's tactics for getting the best performances out of actors. And him being an actor, it's not too much of a surprise to find that out. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Both those cats would be super phenomenal. And then I think that there, I think great. that if the series ever ends, I think that there should be a definitive official book on The Simpsons. Mm. 
The problem is, I think that that should be a multi... I do think, though, that it should be a multi-volume book. (laughs) Craig McCracken also needs a book about him. Gendy's had quite a few books about him, and I'm (laughs) not finding his off the top of my... Not seeing it immediately, but you know, now that he's had one out, I want to read about Craig, and I want to read about you know the directors that I was raised on. (laughs) Now, what book? What book did y'all read, and y'all really thought it was going to be good, and then you read it, and you were kind of disappointed by it? Oh boy! I'll give you mine. It's Jeff Lindbergh's The Great Cartoon Directors. (laughs) So this is almost not fair because I just needed to do more research. But when I came across the Animation Magazine's 20-year collection, I was like. Oh, yeah, a whole book on the whole magazine. I am in. And yeah. it ended up just being a big a awesome gallery of all of their posters. Oh, I was, yeah. I'm I've, like, oh, no. I've seen, I've seen that before. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was disappointed and didn't buy it. I've seen Time <laughs> Magazine books like that, too. I was shelving the other day at my work and I was looking. Beautiful sometimes book. I'm not, sometimes not I'm not paying attention at work and I'm shelving. When, and if you're ever a librarian, you're going to pick up a book and look at it. So I was looking and I was like, oh, Complete Time. Complete History is this Complete History of Time magazine. It's a book on the covers. Yeah. Well, I actually, wait, right? I actually <laughs> like books like that. But the problem with the animation book there is they made the covers full size. I mean, at mm. least in the Time magazine ones, it's like a little, you know, I have a Sports Illustrated one. I have an Ebony magazine one, Life magazine one. And they have the covers really small. Life it's like, it's fun. I have a Saturday Evening Post. I love books like that. You know, mm. it's like so. But, you know, yeah, the animation one, it's like a cheat. It's like it's a big, thick book. And it's all taken up with full page pictures, you know, so. And it's like nothing, no articles, uh, you know, no best of what's what's going on here, you know. Yeah. Now, Mark, it's your turn. What book did you um, pick up and you were like you were really disappointed by? Jeff Lindbergh's I hate it because it's all wrong. A lot yeah. of it's well, <laughs> as I've said before, Lindbergh is not a good author when it comes to animation books. He's not too bad on Three Stooges stuff. So yes. it's like uh, I actually did eventually yeah. get that book. Okay, there we go. So, um. <laughs> I don't know the title of it. I think the uh, you'll probably know it. It's Woody Woodpecker on the cover. It's by mm. Perry, I think. It's an animation book. Oh. And it's like, at the time, because it came out either right before or right after Mice and Magic. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, back in those days, animation books were a little few and far in between. You know, you may not know this because you weren't around then, but <laughs> it's like, and so you just grabbed anything. But it's like, it's, it's just painful, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, because there had been, you know, good books prior to Mice and Magic. We've mentioned some, the Fleischer book by uh, Kabarja. Tex the, Avery. The, the Tex Avery book, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of some others that came out before. Of Mice Art of Walt Disney, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then, of course, after of Mice and Magic, it's like night and day. But I'm just talking about mm-hmm. ones that came out in the 70s or before, you know. They were very few and far between, mostly talking about theatrical stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. TV stuff was considered dreck. And, uh, you know, if they did talk about TV, it might be, you know, just early Hanna-Barbera at best, you know. But they, even then, books didn't even talk about that stuff, you know. It's like... Um, so animation just came from the ether. Yeah, well, I, mean, you know, I guess the biggest the biggest thing that launched everything though was that issue of film comment, which mm-hmm. I have a story about that issue. That which, issue. I have a story about that. What's on the cover? That is that the one with Daffy Duck or is it what? No, with the Bugs Bunny on the cover. Oh, the Bugs Bunny one. Okay. The one that Greg Ford curated. Oh, okay. All right. I have a story about that. 
I was showing Craig Cawson, the grandson of Chuck Jones. Mark, we've had him on your, our, your I've had him on your show. Yeah. Um, the the book, and I had never met Jerry Beck before. Jerry walks behind me. He looks at me. He says, "I bought that the day it came out. That's how old I am." <laughs> he walks away. I believe it. <laughs> Jerry was there when Windsor McKay was animating the Lucy Tanya, right? <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Anyway, <laughs> no, Jerry's been around, but you know, it's like it, it, it's handy to have somebody like Jerry Beck. But you know, and I and uh, you know, when I was young, and and you you saw because I gave you that issue of Mind Rot Canada, and the, it's like all my idols were in there. It was you know Jim Corcus and. Uh, uh, Jerry Beck and mm-hmm. Leonard Malton. I didn't know who these people were. Leonard Malton wasn't on TV. He wasn't on Disney DVDs. He wasn't around. You know, he was some New York guy. You know, I, I think film his film thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's Steve like Mansfield called Mind Rot the cartoon research. Who called said that Mind Rot was to me. I think it was Steve, or it could have been could have been somebody else. But I think I'm going to say it's Steve Stanfield. But I'm sure Steve would say this too. Um, mine rot was to me what cartoon research is to today. Yeah. Today. I mean, like, you know, people like I saw people when I was growing, when I was first entering this reading cartoon research, and people like Devin Baxter and Jerry. And of course, I knew who these people were because their photos would be right on the thing. <laughs> but when you read those old mind rots, it's like, hey, I compiled a list of all the scrappy cartoons. Nowadays, you just go on the internet, bloop, Wikipedia, you got yeah. it. You know, no, but back Wikipedia. then, why do, you, like... why do you want Wikipedia when you can use Harry McCracken's Scrappy Land? Hence why we should have a web bibliography or there we go. But you know, you know what I mean. It's like many places, not just one. Uh, I say this back then there list. wasn't one because you know you'd compile Jerry Beck. Let's say he did it. Uh, you know, hey, I got all the cartoons together and I got t- twenty five scrappy cartoons. And then you know, next month Jim Corcus would say, "Well, you forgot these three. Oops, <laughs> you know." And it's yeah. like because you know yep. nobody had access to all this stuff, and the st- the the studios are being all close to the vest about this stuff they didn't care about cartoons that were made back then 40 years earlier you know it's kind of funny nowadays we dwell on things 40 years earlier like the current stuff star wars you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it's just weird the difference between then and now is how yeah we perceive things which but, is which is interesting because like mark i've always found it fascinating when you were growing up the interesting thing about gen zers i think is that <laughs> I think that they hate older stuff more than ever because I remember what Nick, Nick Santa Maria, you and I were saying, and Nick said that young people seem to like the Three Stooges. I think that was true for millennials. I unfortunately don't think that's true for Gen Zers. And Gen Z is after millennial? I'm getting yeah. confused. Okay, I'm Gen X. So yeah. like, I'm out of the yeah. alphabet. <laughs> um, What's after Z? So Where's I my think Seuss that, on Beyond Zebra book? Come on. <laughs> anyway. I think that um, what's interesting is that when you were growing when you were growing up, mm-hmm. people would still watch I Laurel and Hardy, and people <laughs> wouldn't say like, oh, oh boy, something black and white. People would say that about silent films, but... Yeah, I mean, the year I was born, which we'll say, no, 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 1966, 
fall of 1966 was when tv turned into color i mean literally every show went into color there yeah. were color shows prior to that but i mean that was the big year yeah if you go through your history on tv it's like fall of 66 is like now in color you know and it's like if it wasn't in color it was something like uh Excuse me, it was the fall of 65. What am I talking about? I'm off a of year, but uh, fall of 65, uh, but still. Okay. Um, if it wasn't in color 65 and 66, is because it was like Dick Van Dyke show or something that they knew they're going yeah. off the air. The let's Dick make Van them, Dyke let's keep them all show. in black and white. We're not going to switch. But anybody else that was going to be on for a few more years, they switched to color, you know, as Bewitched and Andy Griffith yeah. and, you know, you know, TV cartoons were all in color. In, but they had the foresight to be made in color in most cases already. Right. So suddenly, you know, it's like when, you know, I, I've heard this many times. It's like, wow, I finally saw the Flintstones in color. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Scott Shaw, when I did my Hanna-Barbera essay. I did the long essay in Hanna-Barbera, which yeah. I told you about, Mark, on this show. No. Scott Shaw told me that, that this is why, and Tom Cito said the same day to me, this is why they were smart. They knew color was coming. They could see it in the very eyes. And they were like, we're not going to be, we're not going to be, they said, they've, we've seen this happen before when color entered the movie screens. They're going to see it again with television. So they immediately knew this is going to make it work. Yeah. Think about what would happen financially if they had made Huckleberry Hound in black and white. Well, it wouldn't be remembered today, you know, probably. Exactly. Or they would have colorized it later. But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm doing my cat. The question my, my I final. have, and you guys might be bigger experts in this. Now, granted, it's talking about live action, but if Disney was such a forerunner in color, why did he do things like the Shaggy Dog and the Absent-Minded Professor and the original Mickey Mouse Club and uh, Zorro in black and white? You know, was it just cost or do you know? I don't even know. And I ask people this, you know, if it was just, you know, cutting corners there. Zorro he... kind of works in black and white. Yeah, but it could have been in color. <laughs> you know. But artistically, I'm making it sound like Citizen Kane here because I'm actually writing an essay right now for a class on colorization of movies. Yeah. And the controversy involved. Yeah. And so like when they tried to colorize Citizen Kane and stuff but like the, that. In even in the sixties, they weren't thinking, let's do this in black and white to be artistic. I mean, no. I think the very first movie, honestly, and I might be off because there might be one before this, but I think the very first movie that was actually done purposefully in black and white for an artistic statement might have been Young Frankenstein in 1974. Mm. Prior no, to that, you know, the it French, was, the John Luc Godard and the French and the French New Wave in France. They did, they some did the. The, yeah, but did they do it because they were broke, or you know, like I mean, no, like they the, did, the, he did the last picture show in 1971 in black and white, and retrospectively they go, "I'm glad I shot it in black and white because I was, you know, that's what I meant to do," and or you know, it's like, sure you did, you just didn't have any money, you know, <laughs> it's like. You know, neither the Living Dead looks better in black and white than would in color, but you know, it's like yeah. that was not necessarily an artistic choice. Had they had the money, they probably would have shot it in color. Right, know, so. but like there are certain films that could not have been shot in color. Citizen Kane is one. There's just no way. Yeah, that but I mean film that was back that. when thing everything was in black and white. I mean, even though they already had Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind and blah blah blah, but it's like right. know, they weren't 
necessarily making those choices. Maybe Orson Welles kind of was, but yeah. Orson Welles did a lot of his movies in black and white. So I don't know. Orson Welles. He, Orson Welles is a rare case. Yeah, you know, except for maybe F for Fake, you know, <laughs> like his yeah. one color film or something. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was because World War II had drained Disney at that point. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, but I mean, answer. that's a, we're talking late fifties. But yeah, but if sure, we're talking about they already got the funding for Disneyland. Sure. Yeah. Unless it, it, unless ABC had something to do with it, because mm-hmm. admittedly, it's like uh, Zorro and uh, Mickey Mouse Club was done for ABC. They were funding Disneyland originally. I might be answering my own question, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and Absent-minded Professor and um, Shaggy Dog were supposed to be television episodes on the anthology show they weren't supposed to be theatrical but i think disney thought hey these might work in the theater we might make a little money off of it let's put them on the movie theater but um and then son of flubber was later but i think he just did that one in black and white because it was a sequel and it's like might as well make it a sequel in gray black and white because the original one was but i don't know am i the only one who doesn't like most of disney's live action features there's one exception that I really love. One of my favorite Disney films of all time. 20,000 Leagues. I absolutely I think most people don't like them, to be honest. I'm one of the few who do like them. You know, so if you say, uh, if you say, I don't like Disney's live action features except for 20,000 Leagues, you're probably the majority opinion because (laughs) that was the only one Disney put a lot of money for. Uh, It was widescreen. Uh, It actually had big stars and... uh, (laughs) He he put a lot of effort and money into it and everything, yeah. unlike a lot of other live action ones, including even I think Mary Poppins kind of skimped and spots. Well, but where Mary Poppins could... doesn't count. I well, no, I'm going to count Poppins. it for the standpoint is that Mary Poppins is a somewhat, and I'm not talking about the scenes with cartoons, is somewhat cartoonish in comparison right. to 20,000 Leagues, which is 20,000 Leagues looks like a film that 20th Century Fox or one of the other studios could have right. done. Mary Poppins. That was one of the first major films, though, storyboarded in live action. Mary Poppins looks exactly like a Disney film. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the only other studio that could have done it is after the fact when they're trying to imitate Mary Poppins, like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or something. But, you know, a film made at Disney, 20,000 Leagues does not look like a Disney film. It really looks like a film done by 20th Century Fox. And, you know, and, you know, it looks like uh, what's that other film that, um, Fox did with um, Journey to the Center of the World or something like that. It's also Jules Verne and has mm. it also has James oh, Mason wait. and Pat. Oh wait, I lied. Pat I like Boone. Treasure Island too. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> early too, but and that was with British money, so you know it's like that's a whole nother thing too. <laughs> All those but, terrible like, uh, Disney Channel live action films like Luck of the Irish and stuff like that. That was my jam. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like you know, Swiss Family Robinsons, <laughs> like. Well, the further you it's go, okay. the, I'll admit, even though I love them, that's why I wrote this book. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the long, the further you go, the more corny they get. You know, the gimmicks mm-hmm. get more obvious. They get right. more stupid. But I love those Shaggy dog. <laughs> I love the gimmick films. I mean, I lived for those. It's like, what's going to come next? Oh, a duck that lays gold eggs. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, what's the next <laughs> yeah. one? Oh, uh, a kid, I, I, I like kid the titles of that film. This time. Okay, let's go. All right, what happens this time? Oh, he drinks a thing and gets really strong. Okay, let's go. Oh, a cat from outer space. Okay, let's go. I did that throughout the whole 70s. That's what I grew up. A car that can uh, drive itself, you know, and uh, make, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I hate that Herbie, stuff. Herbie, <laughs> when I think about Herbie, I think about Scott Shaw's oddball comics, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get mad because, you know, Disneyland later on, they start putting, and of course they own it now, but they put in Star Tours and they put in Indiana Jones rides. It's like, where's the love bug ride? I want to drive around in my own Herbie car. Get that Autopia out of there and put my Herbie car in. They never did that, <laughs> but, you know? But <laughs> it's interesting. I also, but I also love, and I have this weird, and I was talking to JB Kaufman about this. I have this weird relationship with the Mickey Mouse Club. In that I love Disney's TV stuff. I love the Tomorrowland stuff. I like Davy Crockett. I love Zorro. Yeah. But the Mickey Mouse Club, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that the idea of a 17-year-old girl running around in a mouse ear costume. Well, they weren't when they started. <laughs> no. It was on for four years. But it's, it's so weird. <laughs> this is season one, two, three, four. You know what season you're at. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, but even like when she started, she was already like 13 years old. Yeah, well, what's your point? I hated the Mickey, the black and white Mickey Mouse Club, and then they they doubled down on it and made a current uh, current at the time in the seventies color version. That's what I was makes like, the first Mickey no! Mouse Club tolerable. <laughs> what? That's what makes the first Mickey Mouse Club tolerable. The other no. thing I do think that's fine, and that I think like you know the animation of Mickey is fine and all that stuff, but but like the one thing I do think is fine about them is I know that you know without the Mickey Mouse Club financially disney would not have been as successful on abc which we wouldn't have gotten disneyland and there's a lot of well also here's a here's the thing that made me respect mickey mouse club okay so here's why i hated it first um in 1975 they made a big deal they're gonna bring it back and my mom goes i love that show because she's the one who grew up with it and so they bring it on and i knew it was going to be in black and white but i was hoping for cartoons and there were very rarely, it was very rarely mouse cartoon time. There's a lot of Spin and Marty time and lots of Hardy Boy time and lots yeah. of uh, Leonard Malton, uh, Walt Disney Treasures sets later on that I didn't buy time, you know, <laughs> and it's yeah. because that's I bought the them bootleg. That's the stuff I didn't care for. And it's like, you know, but people that grew up like my mom, uh, they ate it up. And I know why, because when you turned on your TV, you might have today's show in the morning, but then after it went off the air at 9 a.m., it was snow until 3 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whenever Mickey Mouse Club came on. And so, you know, you're waiting all day to, you know, see you little whippersnappers, you're spoiled. You get to watch 24 hours, seven days a week shows, or you can even put them on home video. You don't even have to watch what's being broadcast anymore. You know, you just watched what you got you know and if you go back yeah. further my dad who's still with us you know there wasn't even any tv so there you know, it's like <laughs> i always tell people that yeah. they're like shocked it's like what no tv you know when i grew up they didn't have nintendo you know it's like you know, <laughs> you know well my dad always says when i grow up there's no tv you know anyway when but, i grew up there was no amazon alexas in every room <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> when i grew up the tvs weren't flat <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Anyway, um, I don't know where we're going with all this. <laughs> we've, gotten bored with your, we've gotten bored with your silly list, Oren, so keep, keep up the good work. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess the final question, we should probably wrap this up because we're getting about sure. two hours, but um, obviously you're going to add to this all the time, but I mean, um, is there a plan for it? I mean, you're doing a book and then what? comes from that a documentary or a feature sure. film or <laughs> yeah or, <laughs> the or animation history the bibliography the movie i exactly. love it there we go <laughs> um yeah so it's a dramatic got... retelling <laughs> which i was surprised how many fictional books i've ended up putting into it which actually do have surprising amounts of animation like research, have you put but... those mary blair picture books in there uh, yeah, the, the children. I, I was yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I was looking through the library, my library, and I'm like, Mary Blair. I'm like, oh, it. I was looking at those Peter Pan books. Those books, if I had the money, I would buy those books. Those, they look, those look gorgeous. <laughs> my mom yelled at me. She called me one day. She's like, why didn't you put Saving Mr. Banks in there? And I'm like, because it's fictional drama. And she's like, but it's based on a real true story. And I'm like, but. I, uh, yes, mom. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. Well, you have. Question. The dark prince in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I mean, they're basically the same. I mean, one's no more accurate than the other. I did, you know, finding out about the rat factory, and it's ironic, or not ironic, it's kind of interesting history of being a fictional animation production book. And then Jim, Jim Carrey's first TV appearance. Like, what a weird. You mean the Duck Factory? Uh, what did I say? The, uh, the Rat Factory. Ractor. Yeah, Rat Factory. Duck Factory. Yeah. The Duck Factory. Duck factory? Oh, my bad. Yeah. My bad. There is a story rat. about that. Too. I watched it. I watched it. Did you? <laughs> the no, the whole thing question. is based on Alan Burns' time at his time at Jay Ward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, uh, I've gone back to school to learn how to do better at writing um, mm. and to do better at some business. Uh, I've gone back to get my associates in general education just to, I've ran businesses before and angel, you know, I've been trying to get stuff going, but it's time to get back to school and get at least a degree. Uh, like I said, graduating high school at the economy crashing kind of threw things off for a couple of years. <laughs> post, post this, I would love to uh, start uh, an on the road discussion talking about, important places throughout the united yeah. states uh, important yeah. places Jerry, that aren't los angeles and new york that have some significance both for animation history and people throughout this country that artists background or researchers there's a there's a lot to learn and and, uh, and you know finding out about windsor mckay and all of his like finding out how much he was related to my area and realizing he was, you know, spent time in Michigan and, and, you know, went around the Midwest and mm -hmm. it's very plausible. He was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, showing off Gertie, the dinosaur, like on stage doing it just, <laughs> just over there uh, yeah. has really kind of, it's invigorating to know it can happen. It too can happen here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, after yeah. the book, hopefully move on to, I'd love to be a, a a presenter in a sense to 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 bring more of to 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 be the uh, preacher, if you will, the pulpit, bringing the good word of animation to the good people of the world. That's the that's the long term. As far as the second edition, the first one's been uh, the first one's very out of date already. It's already about a thousand thirteen hundred books out of date. 
Uh, Jerry was kind enough to kind of push me to get it out the door. Otherwise, it never probably would have come out. Uh, the second edition, Camden mentioned earlier, he's been working on some parts for it. I'm uh, hoping to reach out to some other cartoon researchers and see if they would like to add any articles that talk about, like I alluded to earlier, just how significant uh, and right. how long few, so certain people have been looking at us. It offers a perspective that right. we well, would not, don't necessarily have. And then lastly, uh, because I keep adding more to it, um, because resources is, you know, unlike a lot of other traditional studies of like film and stuff, animation has podcasts and videographies and all this. It's becoming, becoming more of an anapendium. Hey, we came up with a new word. The other one won't work. This one will. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to compile some, some patents. Uh, Camden's been working on some websites and of course the bibliography. I'm hoping to have one heck of a resource uh, to launch this year that it, it won't be perfect, but it'll be, I'm hoping it'll be useful for people. And just like uh, before, the information will be online because that's the only way for people to, you know, keep pushing this forward is if people have access to it. So, yep. All right. And then we've probably said it 300 times during the show, but <laughs> how do people uh, find the list and how do they get yeah. in contact with you? <laughs> Absolutely. You can find the animation history bibliography on cartoonresearch.com. Uh, it's at the top of the bar. Uh, if you want to read up on updates on the Cartoon Research Facebook group, I give uh, periodic updates when I get to it. It's uh, Going back to college has taken a little bit more time away from me, but I've been working hard on an update coming up pretty soon. If you have any suggestions at the bottom of any page, there's a link to a form that you can fill out for any suggestions or corrections or additions. But if you need to get a hold of me, you can always email me at animationhistorybibliography at gmail.com. Wow. <laughs> and then Camden, uh, what's up for I, well, you? I just Curiosity to say, Shop so, Part 2? <laughs> I just wanted to say, oh, okay. Jerry Beck posted a 10th anniversary post. Right. And he said on the bottom, he posted a PayPal thing. He says, so I can finally improve this blog Thing. And I told Jerry privately, I'm like, improve it, but please don't forget about the little people like me. <laughs> well, he's forgotten about me. I don't get my own column or anything. <laughs> anyway, you didn't ask. I have. <laughs> anyway, we'll not get into that. But anyway, what's next for you, Camden? <laughs> Any? I don't know. College? No well, I, no articles under underway? No research. None, none at the moment. You, you're 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 satiated. You're quenched with yeah. uh, whatever brand that water is. What <laughs> 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 is it? Oh, Deer Park. I Deer guess. Park. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the Deer Park when it was in L.A. It was no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's that's an interesting a total aside. Yeah, uh, read about the uh, uh, deer park, the Japanese deer park they used to have, and and it, it has an interesting ending. I'll leave it at that. So read up on that. So <laughs> I know uh, I had we went to Japan in high school for a field trip, and we went to Nara, and uh -huh. in Nara the deer are domesticated so they'll literally just come up to you and bow and wait for you to feed them just <laughs> just hand them food we'll go through your pocket like <laughs> pickpocket you 
Well, I really appreciate you having me on, Mark. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> well, on the Deer Park note, yeah, um, right? <laughs> yes, that, that'll be your next uh, uh, list is come up with theme parks based on all these animation things. So anyway. Um, <laughs> there already is one. Didn't is Tim one. Hollis write a book on this? It's a book. I'm on a website. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway um, the Animation right. Research Bibliography, The Park. Yeah, the parks, plural. Anyway, so, all right. Uh, well, I guess that wraps it up for another episode of the Fun Ideas Podcast. We have Camden Spees and Orrin Scott here, not related to Keith or Bill, or except for his dad, Bill. Anyway, <laughs> and we will all see you next time and on another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Orrin Scott and Camden Spees, for being my special guests. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 204 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.